Hey everyone, we are back. It is Shine, and we are back on January 31st, 2022. It's actually, I got a family member's birthday today. Um, as you guys can see, COVID has changed around a lot. We're all working virtually today. Hi, James. Hi, Sean. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Um, so we are working virtually today, but we have uh, we have a huge amount of topics to talk about today. Um, so many different things that are happening right now in the land. So so many things that are happening in our political platform. So let's just jump right into it. So let's start off with. Um, last week or about a week and a half ago, we have very sad news in the city of Atlanta. Um, we had a six month old baby that was killed in the car, um, while the parents was inside of a restaurant, I think it was. So there was just, and we have to kind of take it one by one, but start with you, James. I know you experienced gun violence at like a very personal level. Um, what is it that you think that needs to be done? Do you think I actually, I was at a meeting last week. I think we're at, yeah, we were at a meeting with the DA's office and the question was asked by a policymaker, like literally if there needs to be a policymaker asked the police officer who was in charge of dealing with um, teaching people how to use their weapons. He asked them if there needed to be gun restrictions or gun laws put into place. And the officer disagreed and said, no, James, as somebody who's been personally affected by gun violence, what do you think? Do, do you think that we are too open with guns? No, I think um, a lot of it comes down to um, personal gun safety. And the problem is that you get the guns, um, people are able to uh, um, obtain weapons uh, for, for self-protection. The problem is there's no classes that you have to take before you are in position to be able to purchase a weapon. I think that would be... Um, very essential to um, and definitely should be be included that when you purchase a gun, you automatically have to take the class. Um, when you purchase, when you go for getting your gun license, you have to take the class and it should be mandatory. Um, otherwise, if you don't take and pass the class, you don't get the weapon or the gun license. Now, yes, you have people who are going um, black market to uh, purchase. Uh, and that's part of what part of the issue. Um, but how do you stop it? Because when you have uh, gun manufacturers um, or, or gun suppliers in your neighborhoods or, or various neighborhoods anyway throughout the state, um, if they get robbed, then those weapons end up on the street. And with those weapons being on the street, um, you know, anybody can buy or sell or at least buy anyway. And it's a, it's pretty easy. And I intended on going to a gun show here in Atlanta, uh, in the metro Atlanta area over the course of this weekend. However, I was unable to make it. But part of, you know, when you have these gun shows, they also, these, these people who are selling the guns there, they're looking for to make a profit. So they're not they, as far as being able to check your records uh, to see if there's any mental health issues, to see if you know gun safety. Uh, none of that is set in place. And these are the kind of things that are going to um, uh, be a, a, a benefit and a deterrent for some people who just are looking to get weapons uh, and collect them for whatever reason. Um, and then you have personal, again, personal responsibility as a, as a weapon owner, you need to be able to um, 
again, knows gun safety. And as a parent who has lost a child to gun violence, it is, um, you know, I think these are the kind of, the, the, these are the avenues that we need to travel when it comes to uh, being able to purchase. And um, it, I think it makes a difference because home invasions take place with people who either own guns. And if they don't, um, they, they may certainly, uh, at, during the invasion, be able to pick up a weapon through the invasion and then use it on the streets as well. And it's very unfortunate that um, my son, um, this little six-year-old, six-month-old child, um, and a lot of times these, a lot of these uh, weapon discharges take place with children, or you know, in households where there's a weapon for protection, but it's not safely put away. And again, that falls back on the parent and knowing gun safety. Um, and then don't be afraid to teach your child how to, um, you know, about gun safety. You can't be afraid to do that. Um, these are the kind of things that we have to take into consideration when it comes to um, having weapons stored in our homes, uh, in our vehicles and whatnot. So uh, I think it's imperative that we, um, take these things into consideration when it comes to it. Cause the violence, you know, as, as you've heard the saying before that uh, guns don't kill guns, uh, guns don't kill people, people do. And I, you know, it, I think that's where it really comes down to. Um, I mean, from I'd like to add uh, to that. Um, if you are a gun owner, um, please know and understand the rules that come and responsibilities that you have. Um, I don't know if I should actually call the name out, but there is a gun safety class that is taking place. Um, basic handgun fundamental course on February 19th of this year, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m and lunch is included if you're interested. Um, definitely reach out to us um, at Black Push where we can uh, perhaps get you some information on being able to take this gun safety course. Um, and it tells you um, they'll be covering safety and accountability, um, handgun parts and uh, ammo, marksmanship, range exercises, legal factors, which is really important because once you pull the trigger, you need to know that uh, yes, you are protecting your family and your home, but there's also some, you know, there's been people who have gone to jail 
or been charged simply because yes, they were at home, but there was uh, some legal stuff that uh, put them in um, jeopardy as well. So these are the kind of things that we need to know and understand when it comes to gun safety, uh, gun ownership and uh, whatnot. So um, definitely, you know, if you can find a course online, go to your local uh, gun shop or not gun shop, but your gun range, they also provide gun safety classes. It's imperative that you learn the laws when it comes to gun ownership and uh, your responsibility and what is required on your behalf, on your part. Getting the license, it doesn't stop with getting the license. And as um, again, as a parent who is uh, who has lost a child to gun violence, um, I am an advocate for definitely gun safety and being able to um, uh, stricter um, laws when it comes to just being able to purchase. Yeah, I know. For me, it's just like, um, I, I don't know. For me, I think I'm torn because of the fact that I, I am very much a gun advocate. I believe that people should have the right to bear arms. I don't believe it's something that should be taken away. But I think that anything done when there's no moderation or limits to it. Um, I think even in the state of Georgia, they recently, um, the governor has made one of his top priorities in this session to be able to span the way people are able to carry guns and who's able to carry guns. And that's just a... Um, I think there's other priorities that we should have. Like we have people who don't have health care. We have people who are homeless. Um, we have people who are um, battling. Like the, we see mental health has become a big issue again today. We've seen the the, the Miss, Miss USA who committed suicide, right? Um, those are things that are important. And I think that um, if we don't have gun, gun, some kind of gun restrictions, like background checks should not be an issue, right? We shouldn't be sitting around here saying, whether or not a person needs to have a background check before they receive a gun. Um, making sure that parents who leave guns out amongst kids, we just seen in Snellville last night where a nine-year-old shot a seven-year-old because their parent left the gun in the car. Um, those are things that we shouldn't be having going on and we should be able to hold people accountable. I think that we can't have the argument that says that, oh, we need to hold our police accountable when they do things wrong. Um, and we have that argument, but people who are in that same I guess lineage or that same line says that whole no, we don't need any, we don't need any restrictions on when it comes down to gun to gun to gun violence, right? Um, or gun rights or the ability for people to be able to carry guns or who's able to carry guns. Now I do believe that we have to be expansive. I think that there are some people who are convicted of crimes um, that should not be barred from carrying guns for the rest of their life because their crime that don't meet like the, the criteria, right? But at the same time, everybody should be able to go through a background check. Maybe we need to throw in there like a psychological evaluation that people have been um, proven to be a risk to themselves. If they're a risk to themselves, then they're a risk to somebody else. Um, so a person who's been in the in an institute or had to be vaporized um, recently should not be able to go out and get a gun a day after they got out of vaporization. Right. Um, those are things I think that we can talk about. People who are committing who have committed violent crimes, those kind of people shouldn't be able to carry guns. And especially parents who are not protecting, I mean, not holding their guns and not keeping them safe and allowing their children to have access to them. Um, that's something to really think about. And those people need to be held accountable, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree that, <coughs> excuse me, accountability is very important. Um, 
you know, <clears throat> once you start doing, uh, making people more accountable, even, for, you know, for um, their, you know, again, I think that you have to make them accountable, but um, education when it comes to uh, owning a weapon is important and should be, uh, I definitely believe that it should be included or uh, a prerequisite in being in having gun ownership to begin with. If you can do that, you can probably make a determination as to along with uh, mental health evaluation of some sort uh, as well. Because even <clears throat> the young man who took my son's life, um, he there was some mental health, health issues that he had, that he suffered with at the age of 19. And, um, you know, these are the kind of things that, you know, and yet he was in possession of a weapon. Now, whether he was the actual owner or if he lived in the house uh, with his family and it, the weapon actually belonged to them, well, that's another story. However, uh, the accountability should fall on the owner, particularly in that household, particularly it should fall on it and it's, I hate to have to say it, but it falls on the own, the um, the accountability falls on the parents who had the weapon in the car. I, I mean, yes, it's tragic that they lost a child, um, but it's. Uh, I think ultimately that falls on the parent. They're with their irresponsible, and I I don't know how else to put it except to call it irresponsible in gun ownership when. Um, and not, you know, not taking responsibility and storing the gun properly uh, around small children. I thought Sean was going to jump in there. <laughs>
Sorry. So jumping subjects, I found this very interesting. So I read an article this morning in the last part of this conversation last week. Um, as you guys know, Joe Biden has announced that he is going to nominate the first African-American woman to the Supreme Court. That's a promise he made on the election campaign. And there's a Supreme Court seat that has become available. Um, interestingly enough, um, he also made a statement, I think, maybe a day before, a day after, saying that in this next election that there may be voter fraud. And people jumped on the case like, you know, he shouldn't do that. He shouldn't promote that it's going to be voter fraud before the election even happens. And people, Republicans jumped on his case. Is it cool that they're jumping on his case when the leader seems like the leader of their party um, has just recently, as of Saturday, has literally, as of Saturday, called for called for riots in Atlanta, called for riots in New York City, called for riots in D.C. Um, and he says he wants to be see riots on. And I wish we had a clip, but you know, doing this virtually is different, difficult. But he says he wants to see it on a bigger level than it was on January sixth. And yet these people are trying to come after Joe Biden saying that he's pushing um, riots when he's just literally saying like the fact that the laws have been passed that make it harder for people to vote. That is voter fraud. Right. Um, but really, really, Republicans, should we be coming after Joe <laughs> when, when the leader of your party has um, supported the January 6th rights and says that those are good people? And he went as far. The, pre the former president went as far. It's saying that if you put him back in office, he'll make sure those some of those people are pardoned, pardoned for rioting the Capitol. How do you guys feel about that? Do, do the people on January 6th who got convicted of um, of rioting on January 6th, should they receive a pardon? Mm. <clears throat> I'm debating as to how I want to answer that question or how I want to speak on that. Um, uh, let me, uh, gee, I don't know. No, I think he's completely out of pocket for uh, requesting such such a request. Um, and those who are in power currently see this and yet still, because uh, basically he's, you know, he's inciting, calling for and, and basically inciting the riot all over again. Um, this uh, um, former president, I, and I'm really, 
I'm trying to put it in words that that where it can come across nice. I'm struggling with that at the moment. But, um, you know, I think with him being under investigation as he is right now, his ability to be able to run for office should not be even in the, he should not be able to currently. Um, And the Republican Party, as it stands right now today, are perfectly okay with this. But then we're talking about uh, various organizations that, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, does it come down to wanting to, what is it exactly that you're trying to protect? Um, You know, are you trying to protect democracy or are you trying to protect your status as a, as an American, you know, that's about the best way I can put it. I don't want to throw color up in there, but I mean, that's what it comes down to with me. Um, you know, and, and people who have that, um, that charge, you really have to, the question really must be asked, what is it exactly that you're trying to protect? You know, is it your status in, in society or are you trying to protect d- democracy? And, you know, you, but you can't do, you can't do both. You, you're going to have to pick it, you know, because if you're just, I mean, if you're trying to maintain the status quo and everything, you can't, you know, you can't hide behind uh, democracy and trying to do it. If I mean, just be honest with, you know, but honesty is a is kind of an issue for some folks when it comes to uh, the truth. And so I'm going to leave it right there at this point. And uh, Sean, what do you, you know, do you have to say something? Yeah, I, I just go back to the whole principle that I don't know how um, it's it's like the blind leading the blind. How are you going to say that Joe Biden is wrong for making a statement he made when he was referring to voter restriction laws when we have a former president who still to the day has um, denied that the last election was the fair, fair election when it has been proven that if it's the fairest election, but not only fairest, it was the most secure election we've ever had in American history. Um, and more people voted in the last election than any election in our in our history. Um, so that's the problem. So, but again, you know, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about more, some more of these things. I believe we do have to do stuff on gun violence, which we'll be working on. Um, we're partnering with families across the state of Georgia who have um, experienced gun violence, whether it's from a police brutality or personal relationships. We'll be having a meeting with them before the end of February. Um, so we have a lot of work to do on these issues. I do want to invite everybody to my friend. Um, Lisa Musser has a podcast that she does every week. And we last week I was supposed to be on, but I could not attend. But James represented. Kudos to James represented big time while I was having surgery. But this week we have another two special guests. And I don't know, Sean, can you guys see that on the screen? What I see on the screen? Yeah, you guys see my screen, right? The flyers on the screen? It's not, it's still showing me. Okay. Um, maybe we can figure out how to get that showing this. Um, it should be showing a window, is it not? It is. Okay. So right here, we're going to be with Pastor Lisa Musser. If you find her on Facebook, join us on Thursday at noon where the great Pastor Jared Sawyer Jr. from Jared Sawyer Ministries will be on. And me and I'll be the other special guest. Um, So we'll be talking about why justice matters. And this is episode five. She got so many hits on her last um, week where she had Reverend Shannon Jones. 
and James, who represented me. Um, so join us this week on Thursday, and we'll keep announcing it throughout the week. But you guys, look, look until we get back to you guys again, um, until we have another meeting with you guys again, hopefully tomorrow, just stay safe. Remember that we have so much to do, and if we can just learn to listen to each other, um, we can move society along so much better and so much quicker if we can just learn to sit down and listen. So until next time, listen to somebody who may not agree with you. Listen to somebody who may not think the same way you think. And you'll probably find that you guys have more similarities than you do have differences. Be blessed.